Welcome to the Social Pod, a podcast brought to you by Socknet 98, a network of universities sharing the common interest for social work in an international perspective. And to the sounds of the bell of the Girona Cathedral, <laughs> we would like to start it, pod- this podcast episode. Um, my name is Steiner Wikholt. I'm an associate professor at the University of Southeastern Norway. And with me today, we have... My name is Marika Churganov. I am a senior lecturer and coordinator of international, everything international. At, everything uh, international. At the social work department in the Hanse University of Applied Sciences in Groningen. And where is Groningen? Groningen is in the north of the Netherlands. North of the Netherlands. Uh, did, did I pronounce it correctly? Groningen. Groningen? Yes, I'm, very well. I'm pretty, getting pretty decent at that. But your G is a little bit like you are from the south of the Netherlands. Oh, yeah, I, uh, that's my dialect. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm from Norway, you're from the Netherlands, and we are now in Girona, Spain. And uh, we are here because we are international coordinators of Socknet uh, 98. And uh, we have uh, each year we do have a coordinators meeting, meaning that we in the fall we get together and we plan the plan the activities in the network. And the main activity in the network would be the International University Week that goes on every approximately April each year. Yes, that's what we've been doing here so far. So far, and also when we're here, we meet each other. Physically, and that is, I think, is an important part of the of, of of the network that we as coordinators we do meet. And whenever we meet, we get ideas. And yeah. when we get ideas, we can start recording stuff. For example, like we're going to do this episode in the podcast. Yeah, and I think we're also we have established a relationship with the network, but also with each other because we yeah. see each other. And every year coming together, you kind of rekindle that uh, bond we have together. Um, so yeah, that's very valuable. Yeah, I know you asked me if we can make a podcast episode on a certain topic. What is the topic? The topic of today is meaning. Yeah, um, meaning, meaning of life. Meaning in life. In life. Yeah, that's I think a huge topic. It is. Yeah, it's it can be, yeah. but it can also be in very small baby steps. Um, so that's what I am trying to uh, talk more about to students. I've given lectures about this to uh, our own students, to students from Germany. Um, your students actually in Norway. In Norway, so give the lecture in Norway also. Yeah, and uh, at the symposium for um, people working in the field of social work. Yeah. So and uh, also for a lot of boys that were doing a uh, beta study, so very non-social work. Okay. Like, and and every occasion you get different answers, but in every occasion it's always also the same. Yeah. But what is the question? The question we address is uh, has to do with this framework I use. Um, so there's this woman. She was she is a psychologist. She wrote a book in 2017 mm-hmm. called um, "The Power of Meaning." Uh, her name is Emily Esfahani Smith, and she wrote a book about four pillars of meaning um, because she uh, grew up in a Sufi household. So when she grew up, she was surrounded by people. Uh, coming together, uh, sharing food, sharing um, philosophy, philosophizing together, uh, meditation. So that was normal to her. Yeah. And then um, she lived, well, she lived in America. So when she grew up, um, she went to college in America. So she started to live a more Western-approached life. Mm-hmm. 
So chasing happiness, uh, trying to get good grades and a nice boyfriend and a, yeah. a good apartment. And uh, But she felt, well, not very happy. <laughs> uh, a little bit empty. Yeah. And uh, that made her look for what is actually, what gives our life meaning. So it's yeah. not... It's not, not the question, what is the meaning of life? No. But what gives life meaning? Yeah, it's it's the other way around. Yeah. yeah. Because if you s- search for the meaning of life, it's like searching for <laughs> happiness. It's guaranteed you will not find it. Yeah. <laughs> But if you bring meaning into your life, yeah. then that gives your life meaning, and that side as a side effect, you are happy. Yeah. Um, well, should we start with what is the pillars, is, or are we going too fast then? No, I think uh, it's it's good. She based these pillars on a lot of research she did herself, and also uh, literature, so uh, and poetry and like. All these different sources. So she and then she came up with these pillars. So the four pillars are um, drum roll, uh, <laughs> belonging. So it's the relationships we have. Uh, yeah. The uh, purpose. So a purpose to to your life, to what you are here to do. Uh, transcendence, which is usually makes us think about religion, but it's broader than that. And uh, the fourth one is storytelling. So the yeah. story we tell ourselves. Uh, about our lives, how we came here. Yeah, we all teach peer, uh, teach students within the field of social work. Um, how is this related to social work? What do you say? Um, I think that w- when you ask sc- students what, uh, why they want to become social workers, usually they answer something like, "I want to help people." Yeah. Um, or I want to help them live a, a more meaningful life, or I want to help them despite their um, struggles to to be the happiest they can be and things like that so if you if you look at the definition of social work uh, the global definition of the profession yeah. you also see that um, social work um, social workers engage uh, people in structures to address life challenges and enhance well-being yeah. so it's even in the in the mission statement of social work to work on people's well-being and and help them craft a life that uh, matters so that also implies that you as a social worker you should help other people finding meaning in or putting meaning into their life yeah i think so i think it's a useful framework that way yeah one one of the frameworks of course we use but i think it's a useful framework to to um to craft your your work as a social worker I think as a social worker you also might be uh, looking for this meaning yourself so it's both something that you can apply to yourself why am I a social worker what is important for me as a social worker what is the meaning of the social work that I'm doing yeah. also talking about meaningless social work <laughs> yeah am I truly a social worker if I am yeah and we can go on by that but but why why do I do what I do as a social worker? Yeah, this distinction uh, is also uh, a distinction I make in the questions that I ask students. First, yeah. I ask them what what pillar. Well, first I send them into the building or outside and have them take pictures. Yeah. Um, but to ask them what what pillar speaks the most to you, what is most important to you, yeah. and maybe there's a pillar that doesn't speak to you that much. That's also very valid. You don't yeah. uh, need to have every pillar and the same strength in your life and then as a next question so how can you use this framework in your uh, work as social as a social worker absolutely should we go deeper into the different pillars 
Yeah, sure. What's, what's the first one again? Um, I think I mentioned the first one uh, as uh, belonging. So belonging. relationships people have uh, one-on-one, but also in a community yeah. with society. And uh, I usually um, explain this pillar by uh, using a, a book, a novel that I read. Yeah. Uh, it's called The Midnight Library. And it's about a woman who has lost all sense of meaning in her life. She doesn't know. She's not convinced that her life has any meaning, so she tries to end it. Yeah. Uh, and in, instead of that succeeding, she comes into uh, what they call the Midnight Library, and she um, can then pick up books in the library to see what her life would have been if she had made different choices. Because yeah. she has a lot of regret, and she th- a lot of thoughts like, if I had done this, maybe I would have been happy, or if I had done this. And as the book progresses, I'm now going to spoil it for everybody, sorry. (laughs) Um, She realizes that um, with every life that she reads about, she misses some points that were there in her life uh, as she has lived it. So, uh, for example, she gave piano lessons to a boy, and she met uh, his mother, and she gave piano lessons to this boy because she asked her to, because he was a little bit lost, and... um, so in one of her lives, she never met this boy. And, yeah. and she runs into him and he, he uh, joined a gang yeah. and uh, his life went off track. And she thought, oh, so if I, didn't, I've, uh, if I had done di- things differently, then I wouldn't have um, had this impact. Yeah. So basically, she, she realizes my life has had meaning or has meaning because of the relationships yeah. that I have with people. And then she decides to go back to her actual life. Meaning to reflect on what um, my, what 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 uh, what uh, how do I impact people around me with, through the different um, different relationships I do have. Yeah, so it's about uh, having people around you that have meaning to you. Yeah. But also, what kind of meaning do I have to others? Yeah. And I think as social workers, we we always teach our students uh, to look for this. Like, yeah. what is the network of someone? Um, in the primary environment, but also around that, in the neighborhood, in the communities, in, in society, and how can we improve on that if it's if there is a lack there? Yeah. How can we help them meet more people, become more engaged, and this adds meaning to yeah. to your life? Do you also go into the quality of the relation, or what? Y- how can you make a better? relationship yeah deeper relationship yeah because we all know the the examples of someone having a tons of ton of people around them but still feel very lonely so yeah it's uh it's not only about the quantity of relationships but also uh yeah what what kind of what kind of relationships so i'm just thinking about uh, the social networks that we are using on on uh, internet and stuff like that a lot of times those relationships uh, are just numbers like to have to have a lot of relationships meaning a lot of friends on facebook for example a lot of followers on instagram then you could be looked at yeah you have a lot of relations and that is a good thing but rather than going back and say yeah i don't have that many relationships but they 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 are deeper (laughs) yeah exactly it's like they have more meaning meaning meaningful yeah someone once told me if you have uh if you can count your real friends on one hand you are very rich Oh yeah. You, uh, I thought she was going to end the sentence with, "Oh, you might need some more friends." But <laughs> <laughs> no, you are, if you can count them on one hand, you are very rich. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The second uh, pillar. 
Um, the second one is purpose. Purpose. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, well, the, the the image that comes to mind usually when you talk about purpose is this re- huge thing like what is, what am I going to do with my life? What is what the purpose of my the, life? The purpose of my life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, another thing that if you start looking for it, it's yeah. guaranteed you won't find it. <laughs> but purpose and meaning isn't that almost the same? Or um, I think it's part of it because having a purpose gives meaning yeah. to your life but it's not the only thing yeah. i think and i usually tell the story if i explain this one of a woman that um was working in a in a neighborhood with a lot of um problems uh, and low income and yeah. um uh, joblessness if that's a word yeah. um and she started to cook uh, soup every saturday yeah. for the neighborhood so people came and ate the soup and of course because of that other things happened people started making contact with each other and uh, other projects came um, started to to also develop on that saturday and there was uh, sports events with the children and things like that so of course it became a little bit famous because of that and uh, the press came and this interviewer has said to her so basically you built up the community here and she said, no, the, the people build the community. I just make the soup. Yeah. So right. purpose can be a huge thing and it can be very, be very overwhelming. And especially yeah. young people always have this question of what is what is actually the purpose of, of my life? What is the purpose of me becoming a social worker? Yeah. And it becomes this huge thing, but it can also be a seemingly small. But yeah. you have a very big impact yeah. with this small thing. Because it uh, have, has a purpose, and that purpose is important in the big bigger picture. Yeah. yeah, I think the smallest version of a purpose is a goal. Yeah. If you have a goal, then uh, your life automatically feels more meaningful. Yeah. Third pillar. Transcendence. I know you told my Norwegian student this, and I, I, I knew that they found it a little bit hard, I think. Transcendence. Okay. What does that mean? Do you remember what example I gave them? No. Sorry, <laughs> because we were—I uh, was teaching your students this before we went into nature. Yeah. Because you take the students into nature, right? Yeah. On the one of the first weeks of them starting to become social workers, they That's right. they go into nature. So I went along with this, and um, it's based on this principle of Friedrichsleaf. Well, you can probably tell it better. Friedrichsleaf. Friedrichsleaf. <laughs> so to slow down and just connect with nature, connect with each other, and not do stuff all the time yeah um so that's the example i gave them you can go into nature and and experience transcendence yeah or um i think two um, guys in your class they came up with oh i think i have this when i do when i'm in at the gym yeah and i do sports and i kind of uh lose track of time and everything around me kind of disappears and it's just me and yeah and my activity and would that be also something related to grounding or being in one place? Under, yeah, going into a rhythm. Yeah, I think so. Going, going with the flow is yeah. also some sometimes a word people use, um, and this disappearance of time and place and just uh, yeah. like being lifted, uh, lifted up from yourself and your daily struggles, and yeah. so I think. Uh, religion and faith is for some people a way to do this, yeah. but it has many forms. So, uh, as I said, nature or sports, but also uh, art. Some yeah. people experience this making music, yeah. or um, yeah, 
absolutely. So it's 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 a big word. Yeah. But it's uh, it has a lot of uh, different um, ways of of manifesting. Absolutely. The fourth one. Yeah, the fourth one is storytelling. That's usually the one that, that surprises people the most. Okay. Like, what is storytelling and what does it have to do with meaning? But as you tell stories to yourself or to other people about your life, you you actually create meaning. Mm. So there's this, um, uh, and the, the shamans in uh, Latin America had this exercise of writing your life story mm. uh, as a victim first, Um writing it down like everything that's happened to you and everything that you struggle with because of this and everything that's hard and, and heavy and um, and then when it's finished you it's it's done you put it aside and then you write the story of everything as a survivor like everything you've learned mm. from these experiences and everything you became good at because you've had these experiences and not to toss the first story I mean it can be helpful especially when you connect to yeah. someone as a social worker you have to connect to someone who has been through a lot it sometimes helps to kind of not tell your whole life story but to mm -hmm. to yeah. um, show that you've also you know what suffering is so this is a story you can use but you also have the story of uh, whatever helped you um, become who you are yeah so there's this movie uh, life of pi have you seen this movie yes, yes, yeah. so it's about a boy who Um, Don't spo spoil this movie, okay? <laughs> oh, but if I if I'm I'm not allowed to spoil it, I can't make my point. Okay. <laughs> so it's about a boy who uh, has to move with his family across, uh, I think, to America, yeah. with their whole zoo. So all the animals are on the boat, and and they get shipwrecked, and uh, he is left on this this little um, lifeboat with a orangutan and a tiger and a zebra and a hyena, I think. Yeah. And uh, so he tells this whole story, he tells it to a journalist, and we see the story happening uh, of how the hyena killed the zebra and the orangutan, and then um, at some point, and the tiger kills the, the hyena. So he is left with this tiger, this yeah. huge uh, Bengal tiger, I think. And they survive this, this, this months on being on this boat. But the journalist obviously thinks it's just very uh, unlikely yeah, <laughs> that yeah. this happened. And that the tiger didn't eat the boy. So he um, asked for the police report. And the police report says that he was on a boat with the um, with the captain and the cook and his mother. And uh, uh, no tiger. So yeah. not a fourth person. And then we learned that he was actually the tiger. So, yeah. um, And so the, the journalist asks him, like, what is the real story? And, and then he says something like, well, does it matter? Because uh, both stories have... I've suffered a lot and I've learned a lot, and but yeah. this is a better story. This so, is a better story, yeah. and so he writes down the story about the animals because yeah. he agrees that it's a better story. Hmm. So, would you then, by focusing on the, these three, four, sorry, uh, pillars, uh, give try to give more meaning in the lives of yourself or other people? Yeah, I think it's it's a good way to understand and understand sometimes uh, why we sometimes uh, feel like we are a little bit off track or we don't have a very solid foundation in our lives. Because I, um, when I explain it to students, I usually um, um, use this metaphor of a chair. If you sit on a chair, you have four yeah. um, 
I don't know the word in English, but legs. legs. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Four legs uh, under the chair. But if you take one away, you, you kind of, you, you can still sit down, but it gets a little bit wobbly. wobbly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you take away two, then it becomes, then you have to be really good at balancing. And if you take away three or four, it's yeah. you fall over. So I think it helps to, to visualize it like this and to see, okay, there is a reason why I feel lonely or I, I feel unhappy or I don't, I feel like I don't have a purpose, be- maybe because you, at that point you don't know what your purpose is. Yeah. And I think it's very important to see this because if, um, if we don't, if we don't see it and we don't help people uh, realize that and try to maybe uh, build other legs under the chair, then someone else will. Yeah. Like with the example of the boy that, that joined a, a gang. Mm. Because gangs are very good at giving you a sense of belonging. Absolutely. Yeah. Or um, transcendence. I mean, cults are very good at giving you yeah. experiences of transcendence and... Uh, sometimes like very narcissistic partners can they, they are very um, eager to change your story for you yeah. or uh, things like that so I think if there's a void it will be filled Yeah. and um, knowing this and understanding this we can help people fill their own void and not falling trapped to these uh, other institutions or people that want to fill that void I know that uh, when, when you do this with students, how much, um, wh- wh- what do the students do afterwards? Is there some reflection? Is there some group work? How can they start to get an introduction to th- the topic? But what more can we can you do? Um, well, of course, af- after I've uh, taught them about this, then they kind of go their own way again. Yeah. <laughs> but I think... Um, we had some more time with it, with a group of German students we had visiting. I think we had two hours. Yeah. And then you see a lot happening because they start to to chew on this topic and they start to... And they came up with these all these frames in which they could use this in their yeah. work as social workers. Uh, how to do storytelling with people who are nonverbal, for example. Absolutely. And they were thinking about it, like, how can we do that with pictures or with uh, things like that. So... And what do you do if uh, people are, for example, blind and deaf? Uh, yeah. Deaf, not de- de- dead. <laughs> um, blind and deaf people, yeah. It's uh, very hard to con- connect with people. Yeah. Um, how do you help them with a sense of belonging? Absolutely. So I think it's usually when, you, when I do a workshop, I can just touch on the subject yeah. uh, and hope that they start working more with it but if you have some more time you can see that because they connect it to all their experiences in the field and they start to see opportunities and that's really really beautiful to see if you someone listening to this want to know more about this subject where can they find more information about it i think it's good to start by reading this book (laughs) yeah by emily asfani smith so the power of meaning Um, she also has a very great TED talk. Yeah. If you just want to um, not read a whole book but start uh, with the basics, she yeah. has a good TED talk to watch, and uh, yeah, and go from there, I guess. Yeah. Make sure to link it in the description of the podcast. <laughs> we will. Thank you so much for giving us this uh, introduction. It was my pleasure. Yeah.
And uh, now we're going to enjoy the evening in Girona in Spain. Yeah, as we were sitting here, it's slowly getting dark. Darker and darker and bats. There's a lot of bats. And bats, here. yeah. <laughs> and the church bells. You probably heard the church bells. Yeah. Thank you so much. You too.